Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, February 21st starts now. Today on the show, making his always triumphant return, a guest you may know as a Chicago journalist, you may know him as a former press secretary, or you may just know him as a good guy. Well, we know him as Monroe Anderson, and this is Monroe Wednesdays. The Ben Jarofsky Show, a presentation of the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. You want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink? You want to stay updated on what the best in Chicago is? Well, you need to head to chicagoreader.com. And if you want more Ben Jarofsky, head to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Ask Monroe Wednesday, and here's why. Because it's pretty obvious to me that Mayor Brandon Johnson uh, and his press apparatus need to ask Monroe Anderson how the job should be done, all right? Let's go to an old vet, an old pro, my dear friend Monroe Anderson, who's standing by. All right, let me just do the backup before I bring Monroe Anderson. This one, folks, there's so much horror in the news today, Uh, the slaughter and carnage and just devastation. It's all exceeding uh, uh, the end of democracy uh, on the horizon here in the United States is Donald Trump. Uh, continues uh, to make advances with his MAGA army. Uh, Tucker Carlson going to Russia and sucking up to Putin. I'm just thinking of all the, well, actually, that's almost funny. It's so bizarre. But anyway, all right. So this one had me smile. I got to admit, ladies and gentlemen, this one had me smiling because in so many ways, the stakes are low. Uh, so it was a front page story in today's bright one. My uh, Chicago Sun-Times and delivered as always. Home delivered as always, I should say. Fran Spielman, City Hall reporter, wrote it. Mayor's messy messaging. Uh, and uh, come on, sometimes with that alliteration, mayor's message, messy messaging is the headline. Uh, and it's uh, it's an analysis. It's called sending the wrong message. Uh, and it talks about the ineptitude of Mayor Brandon Johnson's uh, PR machine at City Hall and how it's not it's not doing a very good job at the very least. And this is actually a topic we've had on this show many times. McDumkey's talked about this. My dear friend McDumkey's talked about this Um uh, Mayor Johnson is, uh, wow, not doing a great job in the PR, uh, with PR. That is for certain. But yesterday stood out, man. Monroe, this is a piece of work. So the mayor, uh, Mayor Johnson had set up a meeting with the Chicago board, uh, the Chicago Sun-Times uh, editorial board. Uh, and when they, it was Zooms, they were all in the same room together. Uh, and so when the meeting was about to begin, Ronnie Reese, who's the mayor's PR guy, top PR guy. I know, Ronnie, what up, Ronnie? Uh, and uh, Ronnie was the one who helped get me to have uh, Monroe Anderson, Monroe Anderson, I'm looking at Monroe Anderson, uh, Brandon Johnson come to the promontory. So got a little love for Ronnie there. 
Uh, and uh, Ronnie Reese insisted that it would be off the record. Now, Monroe, this is me speaking, and you could weigh in in a little while. What? Ronnie, 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 off the record. What's the point of even having the meeting if it's off the record? The whole point is you spin them, Ronnie. You like you get them in a room and you spin them, okay? Uh, the mayor is doing a great job. Okay, you got to put up with a question or two. You know, Ramana Hussein's on there. She'll ask you a tough question or two. Lorraine Forte will ask you a tough question or two. Yeah, I don't know who else is in the room at the Zoom meeting, but you're, the whole point of it is you want to get your message across. If it's off the record, what good is it? <laughs> like, what do you what? Say what? So Lorraine Forte, who is the um, editorial page editor, sorry, Lorraine, she's the boss in charge of the editorial board. Let's just call it for what it is. Essentially, she said, uh-uh, this isn't working. It's not going to be, you can't have an off-the-record meeting with the editorial board. Duh. And Ronnie's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm the new sheriff in town. And if I want it off the record, it's going to be off the record. And Lorraine said, oh, yeah, I'm the boss. And she gave him the heave-ho. Well, I don't know if she gave him the heave-ho, ladies and gentlemen. This is my imagination running away with me to quote uh, to Temptations. But what uh, what it, it somehow or other, the conversation ended. And Brandon Johnson, according to uh, the Sun-Times account, didn't say a word. He just let Ronnie do all the talking. Oops. <laughs> I'm like, what the? Brandy should have stepped in. Yeah, I, I just I'm just giving you some advice, Brandon Johnson. You should have said, no, 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 no. Let's let's us all settle this right now. Ronnie, I appreciate you looking out for me and you you think what you're doing is in my best interest. Uh Lorraine, I appreciate you have your rules, but I'm gonna go with Lorraine. So any question, ask me any question. It's on the record. That that shouldn't you go through life that way? It's like yeah, I'll discuss. I'm a grown-up. I can handle it. I can handle any question you ask. I'm smart enough to what? Articulate my responses in such a way that I duck and dodge, avoid saying something controversial, or maybe I do want to say something controversial. The great ones know how to play the game. You can't run from the press. So, Monroe, I bring you on. Now, Monroe Anderson, you all know him as critic of Trump great journalist, uh, the country's foremost authority on white people. And for that, I thank you immensely, Monroe. Your service uh, on, on that front has been invaluable. Help, helping <laughs> white people to understand themselves for two decades. Uh, white people are like, I'm confused about white people. I got to go to Monroe. Well, let me explain <laughs> to you. You're a racist. Oh, okay. Uh, not that complicated. Uh, <laughs> We will uh, get into that in a little while. But uh, Monroe was also the press secretary to uh, Eugene Sawyer, former Mayor Eugene Sawyer, in a really difficult time, challenging time, to put it mildly. And someday we got to take the deep dive in that, Monroe, because Sawyer was getting it from all sides. You know, but Burke and Verdoyak were still playing their games, you know, feeding the Chicago press corps. Feeding time. Here you go. They're like seals in a zoo. Open up. Here comes a fish. They just take well, you, you know, I have a chapter about just that yes. in the recently published Mod Chicago's Modern Mayors. Yes. And so some people say read. Some people Dick, say it's the Dick best. Simpson should be on your show talking. Yes, about we'll bring it. Simpson on and yeah. I'll put it to him right away. Dick, I hate to say it. I agree with everyone who says Monroe's chapter is the best chapter in this book. Just <laughs> say it, Dick Simpson. 
<laughs> Some of the other ones, well, Mayor Daly is a great guy. Come on. He's not that great a mayor. Got to get over that. No, but we'll bring Vic on. Uh, just teasing Vic. I really love Mayor Daly, Ben. Um, so, Monroe, okay, you were Mayor Sawyer's press secretary. What advice would you give uh, Ronnie Reese, uh, who is the mayor's press secretary? Uh, and what advice would you give Mayor <laughs> Johnson? about dealing with the horde of reporters, the mob at City Hall. Uh, Would you have, for instance, an off-the-record conversation with the editorial board? Your thoughts. That is so ridiculous. It's it's, it's laughable. Okay, so you have, you, you actually go through this meeting. Yeah. And the mayor says whatever he's going to say. And then the Sun-Times writes a story about it. And, what, and how, it's gonna be, how is it going to be attributed? Is, is it, and sources say this, and sources said that. So it, it makes no sense whatsoever. The way the mayor's press secretary should have handled this was to prepare the mayor. You sit down with the mayor before you have the meeting and you go over the stories that are likely, the topics, issues that are likely to be asked or challenged that the mayor's been doing. And you give him, help him, you don't give him, you help him go through answers that will spin the stories in his advantage. So that when he sits down, um, basically what he's doing is um, being making nice with the media, and, and they they will theoretically um, be nice to him yeah. in, in writing the story. Now, since um, Chicago's main media has a problem with um, a black man in charge. That's not exactly going to happen, but you need to have the meetings with the editorial boards because if you don't give them uh, material, they will go dig up their own, and that will even be more damaging to you. And plus, they can they can justify their attitude and their um, doing writing bad things about you and not giving you the um, honeymoon that. Um, white males that automatically expect. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> honeymoon with white mares. In case of Daly, that honeymoon lasted like 25 years, I want to say. I love you, Mayor Daly. <laughs> oh, my God. And he was so abusive and mean and nasty to reporters. My God, threatening and bullying. And uh, and, and then they loved him. I just... I don't know, Monroe. Sometimes I walk, go for my walks, and I go, "What is with Chicago? Are we just so, are we so blind to our inconsistencies? The way we treat and react to Brandon Johnson, as opposed to the way we treat and react to Mayor Richard M. Daley and Mayor Rahm Emanuel? Are we just that clueless as a civilization, as a people? I think the answer is yes, we are, uh, because Chicago, like." They act like you're shocked when we point out the inconsistencies in their attitude toward Daly was such a bully. 
He was so mean and nasty to reporters. And you, I don't remember any. I do not remember, with the exception of a handful of like, the younger ones, like Mick Dumkey, any of them standing up to him. You know, it was like, oh, the mayor cares well, about because, him. Okay, this, 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 this is yeah. the problem with Deets for yeah. reporters. Now, Deet, for, for your, your listeners may not be up on this. A beat is where a reporter covers the same place day in and day out, instead of, instead of like with a general assignment reporter, you go to work, you don't know what story you're going to be assigned. It's whatever's coming over the uh, desk or, te- or telephone. But with a beat, you go, if you're a City Hall reporter, you, you go, you, you're at City Hall every day, you have a desk. Yeah. And uh, what, what happens is that the press secretary feeds you stories yeah in many instances um so that that and therefore you are you have to treat the press secretary with some respect because they can give the the story to one journalist or another and you could end up being scooped on something well so so, so you okay so you do this and you're dependent as a a city hall reporter on a beat in having a decent relationship with the um, mayor's office. And the mayor, on the other hand, can treat you like shit because they know that, that your job is to get information out of city hall. And so the, um, the mayor plays the refs. That's what happens. All right, so let me uh, throw back at you on this yeah. one. Because what you're describing is the way it goes. So here's my suggestion, which I've made yeah. before, uh, and uh, I will make it again. And I, I hope all the deans of all the major uh, journalism schools are listening. Uh, it's time to end this notion that uh, a hand-fed story is a scoop. Okay, so for instance, Black Club did an outstanding story the other day in analyzing uh, uh, police stops. And it's a a well worth reading story. It's a piece of independent investigation. That is, in my opinion, a legitimate scoop. But when you get hand fed a story, right? It's like, I don't know, like you get hand fed any story about the. The city's new uh, attitude toward TIF financing, which one day I'll get into and explain to people. Uh, that's a hand-fed story. That's not a scoop. That's a hand-fed story. Okay, spoon. Well, if a guy, if 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 you were the recipient of that hand-fed story, yeah, that is your scoop. That's how it's a competitive business. That's how. It's mindless like, uh, competition, and, and, and as a and as a press secretary, a good press secretary, yeah, he will, he or she, will hand feed a given reporter a story as a reward, just like with your dog, you, know, yeah. you give him a you you give him some treats because he did a good trick. It's a good boy, <laughs> That's what a good press secretary does. It's true, and, and then, right? And you punish those who who uh, who 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 can't wait to be taken on a walk, and so soils your rug. So, so what you do with them is say, "Naughty, naughty! You don't get a treat today." 
It's so true. You know, it is so true. So cynical and jaded, but it's so true. I remember when Monroe was the guy, uh, but you were up against Burke. See, Burke would go, this is a funny, in the article that I just alluded to, uh, they're talking about how other mayors have dealt with the press uh, in contrast to how Brandon Johnson deals with the press. And it says, former mayor Harold Washington was charming and self uh, self-deprecating, using a sense of humor and vast vocabulary to disarm hostile questions, questioners. Well, there's some truth to that. Uh, he did use uh, his sense of humor, uh, and he did have a vast vocabulary. But uh, I interviewed Harold Washington many times in the 80s where he was really <laughs> irritated, to put it mildly, at the press corps because he sensed a bias in the press corps against him. Uh, not just him as a uh, black man, Monroe, but a black man that was looking out for black people in poor neighborhoods. If you're right. a black man and you're just doing the the bidding of the downtown corporate community, I guess they could put up with you. But if you're a black man who's saying, no, it's time we have equality in this city and the time we spread things, around, it's our turn type of black man, as Harold was, then that's going to be problems. So Ed Burke would go down to the, the city call press corps, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is the legacy. And it would be like, just like Monroe said, I'll use another matter. Feeding time. Open up now. OK, here you go. Here's your here's your biscuit. Here's your biscuit. And they put out. Whatever Ed Burke said, basically. That, to me, is my memory of council wars. So Ed, Harold was mad a lot, right? Am I right or am I wrong? You knew, you knew the man. But, you know, know, the thing Burke. is, Harold once was told that he didn't look like a mayor. To which he responded, I am the mayor, and therefore, this is how a mayor looks. <laughs> Do you remember who told him that? No. I don't. He, you know, no, oh. because he told me about it. Yeah. It wasn't in a, it wasn't in during a feeding session. Yeah. No, he was saying, but, but a- I was covering, I was covering City Hall at, at the time. Yeah. Now I'm going to, uh, listen, I'm going to repeat what I said. That was a bad strategy, Ronnie Reese. You know, I always love you for helping us get, Brandon Johnson at the promontory, but that was a bad strategy, in my humble opinion, and Monroe agrees. And if you want good advice, call Monroe, call Delmarie Cobb. There are people who've been around the town, know how the game is played. And would be happy to help him. Yeah. It's not yeah, it's not like degradating to ask older people who've been around and have experience for a little advice. Even Fonnie Willis went to her father down in, we'll get to Fonnie Willis in a little bit. I'm obsessed with that story coming out of Georgia. Uh, even Fonnie Willis went to her dad for advice. Okay, so you're not above but, getting advice from older people. Yeah, uh, but you know, but it's it's partially the mayor's problem. The problem is Lonnie needs to, a little more experience under his belt. Ronnie, and so does the mayor, because yeah. that whole thing with um, building the, um, the 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 tent grounds uh, for the immigrants. Without first knowing that uh, if 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 the land is good or not, oh you got to do your homework. That's that's part of it. You got to do your homework. No. And if you don't, you will be embarrassed, and they will beat you to death with it. The media. Yeah. No. 
Yeah. Until until you feed them another story and then they're yours. Okay. So I mean it's it's a it's a short memory. It's not like you know, feed take care of them and then they'll take care of you. Uh I mean, I like I watched the mastery of uh, with the White Sox, uh Monroe. I mean, that was that was brilliant. Uh, and so, you know, here's in the developer here one more time, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to teach you how I explain to you how you were bamboozled Chicago. So there's a huge chunk of land in the South loop and the developer can't figure out how to develop. I know what I'll do. I'll bring the white Sox in and say, even though nobody has talked about a new stadium and go, Oh my God, the white Sox are going to unveil an absolutely gorgeous stadium that will create thousands and thousands of jobs. On Let me get it on this. The, the problem the white Sox has have. Yeah, is they're watching the Cubs <laughs> and the whole development of Wrigleyville. Yeah, uh, I mean they they own the Cubs own that part of town. They do. And, they own and, right, and the, where the White Sox Stadium is, yeah. is pinned in with a railroad and the expressway and et cetera. So it it has no bars yeah, for the most part or anything around it. So they need a, the, the White Sox need a location. Where they too can be like the Cubs, well, okay, or like they the Bears want to be, because Bears have the same problem. Is that um, now the really cool, cool stadiums are like Disney World? Not only can you go there and watch them play, but you can go hang out there and get drunk with your friends, uh, have a hot dog or two, uh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Well, okay, buy some souvenirs. Let me push back. Okay. The white folks don't need that. They want that. Okay? You know what I'm saying? When 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 I had my affliction last week, another flare-up of gout, I needed pain pills. Okay? That's different than White Sox are doing fine where they are. And no, they are. They are. They, there's billions more to be made. Oh, if well, they, okay. If they have so, all that stuff. And if, that's, if, that's if the thing is they're not happy with yeah, again, they're looking at the Cubs and the Rick, 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 is that the name Rick, of the yeah. owner? Uh, the White Rick Sox is- completely subsidized, or not completely, are uh, to a great degree subsidized by uh, the taxpayers already. In right. a way the Ricketts aren't. So right. they want to create. But to me, what drove that deal is that that developer needed to fill up his undeveloped land. And so he brought in the White Sox to sweeten the pot. And then they called the reporter. This is the point I was going to make. And they fed him the story that this glorious stadium was coming here. And the next thing you know, it's getting free press. Hey, Brandon Johnson, this is how the game is played. Right. right. Exactly. Free right. press. They're like, right. oh, my God. <laughs> Donald, Donald Don Trump is president, ex-president. Yeah. Because in 2016, while the others were carefully planning what they were doing, Trump was getting free press all over the place. Over a place. Any anybody that would, would answer his call, he'd go talk to and lie to. And so um he he got so much exposure that people got used to him. And he got elected. Again, uh, partially because Hillary didn't go to Detroit and Milwaukee. She had made those two trips and and, and, and and talked to the media there. We 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 wouldn't be in this big mess we're in today. All right. So Monroe, let me just say this about your uh, Trump analogy is an excellent one. 
Uh, Donald Trump's manipulation of the media in 2016 was brilliant. Uh, it was disgusting, but it was brilliant. It was effective. Uh, Donald Trump, again, as I was saying, was a celebrity, a personality. Uh, and that just drew the media in because uh, that's what it, that's like easier to cover than politics. So Donald Trump would like fly to a city in his airplane and the media would be waiting for him. Right. All right. That was the advantage that Hillary Clinton didn't have. She she was following more or less or she, like the like the Brandon Johnson way of dealing with the media where right. you're of the media and you're kind of hostile to the media and you're indifferent right. to the media. That's the game she was playing. And, and Donald Trump was well beyond her. He was, yeah, he was even more hostile to the media, but he knew that, uh, that he was a draw for them. And so he played them and you're right. Absolutely. Free press. It's a different, completely different uh, thing than Brandon Johnson's kind board. But what if like, to me, Monroe, to me, what, Brandon Johnson is up against when he deals with the mainstream media in the city of Chicago is that there's a bias against uh, the movement that elected him. And yeah. it's clear and obvious bias. If his movement was all about uh, dealing with inequity and helping poor people. Now, whether they play true to that movement or not is we will see, but that was what the movement was about. And there is hostility. There is a hostility in this town by the powers that be in corporate Chicago to redistribution, to progressive policies. We've seen it across the board. We saw it when the fair tax thing went down. We're watching it with the blowback, bring Chicago home, Monroe. You know this as well as I do. Yeah, okay, so this is what they should be doing instead of what they're doing, is that should be their narrative. And so every time they come up with something like that, they should, go uh, again, say, this is what our administration is about. We're for the people. This is how this is going to impact the Chicagoans who need it. Um, as a result of doing this this way, it will make the city better for everybody else because if if, if, if you have things for uh, poor black and brown children to do after school, then there's a much better chance that they won't be shooting each other because one, they were both on social media and one insulted the other. And so they have a shooting war over it. Uh, but you, you have to put it in context. You have to have a narrative that the media has to follow or, or they will go against it because they don't like it. But if you stick with it, at some point, they'll come along because they... It, Mayor Johnson is 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 good at heart. He's trying to do the right thing. But because he fumbles and bumbles and everything, he gives them all sorts of excuses to jack him up every chance they get. Yeah. Well, let's get into the issue of uh, directly answering a question, because I think that's what you were alluding to when you said he uh, fumbles and mumbles. Uh, last week, Mayor Johnson had a press conference. We didn't talk about this, Monroe. Of course, you had a lot going on in your mind, absolutely, uh, last yeah. week. As yeah. we talked last week, uh, Monroe's wife, Joyce Owens, passed. We're going to talk about that at the end. Uh, so, um, But anyway, uh, uh, last week, uh, Mayor Johnson had a, a press conference about the uh, spot shooter, which is a, uh, a device that alerts police to uh, 
gunshots being fired or suppose that's how it's supposed to work. And then the police can immediately respond. Very controversial program. Uh, the mayor was all over the map about whether he's going to getting rid of it. Uh, clearly the, uh, his quote unquote base, <laughs> we'll get into the base, his, the movement that helped elect him was against it and wanted him to get rid of it. But on the other hand, it's also pretty obvious, uh, that the downtown business community wanted it, it in place and the democratic party, uh, wanted in place uh, because with the na national Dems coming to uh, Chicago in August, they're dealing with that threat of crime. And even if this program doesn't work, they want to be able to say it's there. Like we're on top of things, you know, it's like classic Chicago, classic, anything. We don't know if it works or not, but people, it doesn't uh, work. It, oh. it, 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 the, the lead, which got buried last week was that it's only worked one time. They only got one person with spots fired one, but, one time. Fair enough. But if as long <laughs> as as long as like the Joe Biden Democrats think it works, they want it in place in August, whether it works or not. So they, that was the he was tugged in two directions, Monroe. If, yeah. so keep for the press. Well, they weren't going to cancel the the convention. No, but so, they, huh? No, the point is he was being tugged in two directions on the issue of a spot shooter. So when he came before the press, the press saw that and was hammering at him. Like, right. are you going to keep it? Are you going to get rid of it? And he, his right. response w was like to talk in circles. Right. So exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I saw the circles. I heard you saw the circles. Yeah. Right. What I'm saying is that since it doesn't work and whatever amount of money it, 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 it cost would um, was being wasted. He could have just as easily, from 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 his whole mission and what he talks about, he could have said, "We're going to take whatever." But let's say it costs two million dollars. I don't know what it costs, but let's say it costs two million dollars. He could have said, "We're going to take that money and get the um, those groups that are." out there trying to chill the kids out from shooting each other. We're going to give it to them uh, specifically during that time. We're going to come up with some programs that will be going on at the same time the convention is. So they will be too busy doing these great programs, like basketball tournament or, or whatever. They'll be too busy doing that instead of shooting at each other. And so everybody can have a grand old time. Well, uh, that would be one direct response. Now, what about this one? Okay. I'm going to give you, uh, this is something I've never heard. This is popping into my head right now. Very dangerous. Okay. Uh, this is a potential response yeah. that Brandon Johnson, like if he were honest, like if, like it was liar, liar, the Jim Carrey movie where he was fed a serum and had to tell the truth. Yeah. Which is great movie by the way all right so what if he goes before the press court he says ladies and gentlemen we all know you know i know this thing is pretty much worthless it's not going to help anyone in the fight against crime on the other hand all the major editorial papers seem to love it uh there's a strong faction of uh hardcore aldermen in the city council who love it uh there's all a maga in the city of chicago that just ran against me with paul ballas that apparently uh loves it the downtown business community apparently loves it even though it doesn't work but right. even though it's illogical for them to love a program that doesn't work they still love it for reasons who knows i can't deal with the insanity and the illogic 
of people who believe in something that doesn't work. I just have to deal with it as a reality. That if I cancel this program, the Chicago Tribune editorial board is going to rake me over the over the coals. And plus, I got Joe Biden and the Democrats going to be grieved. So here's what I'm going to do, press corps. I'm going to play it two ways. I'm going to tell my supporters that I'm getting rid of it. And I'm going to assure the Tribune and Ballas and the, the Fraternal Order Police that I'm going to keep it until September. So I'm going to have two things at once. That's what I'm doing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm juggling because you guys are so illogical and weird and twisted. What if he were honest and said that? What do you think the response would be? What do you think if the mayor was actually honest and talked yeah, to us? Like that adult? would have been much better than what he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vastly better than what he did. Oh, jeez. Because, I mean, the, the, the obvious response to what he did was, well, if it's good enough to keep it for the Democrats when the visitors come to town, then why isn't it good enough for the citizens to have it? You know what? And it's, it's, you know, here's the thing. They always underestimate the media. It, 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 like, I know you guys think the media is really dumb, you know, but they're not, they're smart enough to ask that question that Monroe right. just, <laughs> right. even I can figure that one out. Right, 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 right. And plus, now you get on there, the, the spot you, the people go, wait a minute. Uh, we we like that money you give it us. So why should we just go for uh, six more months or whatever it is doing this, and then then say goodbye to us? If you don't want us, then you don't want us. We're gonna go find another city to BS on this and get make the money. Oh Lord, yeah. There's equipment involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> And by the way, God forbid in the city of Chicago to have an investigation of like, first of all, who sold us on this program? <laughs> it's it's like the parking meters. It's like when they sold the parking meters, there was never right. any accounting. Like who came to the Chicago with this cockamamie idea? Like right. who, who brought this to the table? You know what I'm and saying? That, you know, and that's another mistake that the Johnson administration is making okay. is that, um, had 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 Johnson been Mayor Daly, he'd have been blaming any problem we have on Mayor Lightfoot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know what you know. What am I going to do? He, he set this thing up, and I we trying to get rid of it. You know, but it was such a dumb idea. <laughs> no, the, the the funniest one in that regard was Mayor Rom. Mayor Rom spent his entire political career kissing up to Mayor Daly. Right. Sucking up to Mayor Daly. He's the toughest guy in the world, Mayor Rom. Not to Mayor Daly, he's not. He'd be like, oh, Mayor Daly, you're so smart. You're so great. Uh, then he gets elected mayor and he inherits all the problems that Daly left him. Okay. Right. But he, he, it's like he couldn't chastise Daly by name because then the obvious question, even the media could figure it out, is, well, why were you praising him all that time uh, if he was doing such a horrible job? Plus, I think he was afraid of the Dailies, you know, politically. Yeah woman the power they had so he would never mention he would criticize the programs that he had inherited without mentioning the man that he inherited them from if you get what i'm just saying yeah right of course the of mayor course. who cannot be named uh <laughs> so yeah there's so many games that get played on in chicago and well, uh, i mean it's, that's politics okay the games get played because uh as as, as mayor washington used to say Politics ain't beanball. So you have hard decisions to make 
or you got you got to finesse something. Sometimes you got to be duplicitous. And there are things you have to do to get through politics because there are no easy answers or solutions to a lot of things. So what you want to do is impose your will on the politicians, the city council, and the media. Yeah. Yeah, impose your will. Wow. Well, I I would say that, uh, man, that is, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a cynical lesson uh, of <laughs> of a life in politics from Monroe Anderson. Uh, how many years has it been? 40 years or so uh, of cover? No, 50. Oh, my God, of watching this game. But, yes, you have to impose your will uh, to a certain degree. And I don't think you're imposing your will when you go before an editorial board and say, let's have an off-the-record conversation. Now, Thank you for inviting me, but you can't use anything I tell you to attach my name to it. Wh- what? Say what? <laughs> what am I going to do with this then? First of all, we want to make ourselves look really good by saying we got you. Okay. Right. I mean, it's like me bragging endlessly that you came to the promontory. Right. You know, we want to be able to say, hey, I matter. I'm significant. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was. Um, uh, I don't know. I will say this, Monroe. Yes. There have been moments. Uh, I first met you at such a moment uh, where off there's such an off the record thing way back when uh, I used to work uh, for uh, the reporter newspaper and our uh, publisher, editor, John McDermott. May he rest in peace. One of the great men in Chicago history, in my public opinion, in my opinion, uh, would invite guests to join us for lunch. Uh, once a month on Friday, and you came. Remember, you came. I've talked about this so many times in this show, and it reminded yeah. you that you got paid. Yeah, I came. Oh. I don't remember what I said. Oh my god! Because I I did hundreds of those things. <laughs> Dude, you were on fire. I remember it, and I don't remember the, the specifics. Yeah, but you came. I want to say it would have been right around the time Harold Washington first got elected, and. um you came in and but 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 the point was john would sit people down we would have lunch helen appleton shout out to you my dear friend helen appleton she died uh would would have made the lunch and it was absolutely delicious and we would have the lunch and then john would say this is off the record so that the guests would feel comfortable in talking and it would be sort of like an educational thing you follow what i'm saying monroe and so then you oh my god you talked about being a young black man working at the tribune and I was, I was like taking notes, man. I was, you know, and I was like, whoa, you're not going to last long with that attitude. Right. And, no, right. Exactly. And Jim Squires, the editor of the Tribune, uh, re- referred to me as one of his troublesome black reporters. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but God damn, you know what I'm saying? He Trouble- was, he was at some that- editor's. I, I, he was at some editor's um, convention. Yeah. And he ran into another, well, to a another editor that was black. He, he, you know, he, he, well, he, actually, a, a, um, an, somebody who was black and an editor. But anyway, he, he was crying the blues to him and told him he had these two troublesome, <laughs> these two problems. Who was journal, the other one? Black journal. Uh, 
Who's the other one? The other troublesome black journalist. John White. Ah. And John White was just my friend. <laughs> we were, and uh, John said I was getting him in trouble, and he wasn't even doing any, which was pretty much true. Well, well, uh, John invited you. I told you this. We uh, you Leonina McLean, may she rest in peace. One of the great yeah. writers in Chicago, and Clarence Page. He came individually. Right. And I, three different perspectives what it right. what it's like to be a black journalist at the tribune um but there was a lot of uh what do i put a lot of points of agreement uh, particularly you from you and leonita mclean uh and it kind of reinforced everything i thought about the tribune which was in my humble opinion and don't get mad at me when an absolutely despicable newspaper for years uh, and the role they played in the city of chicago all right, let's leave advice to Mayor Johnson for a behind for the moment. I'm sure he's not going to listen to it anyway. Uh, and move on to something that I'm utterly obsessed with. I talked about it at great length yesterday uh, with State's Attorney Kim Fox. I urge everybody to check it out. Uh, and that is the MAGA counter-assault against uh, Fonnie Willis, uh, the chief prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, who is roughly the equivalent of Kimberly Fox for Atlanta. Atlanta is part of a larger county, as is Chicago, uh, and the state's attorney serves the full county. Uh, and she is leading the charge against Donald Trump. This is me speaking at Monroe. I believe she's a very courageous public official. I believe she's doing a great turn for the, the country. Um, Donald Trump, as I said yesterday with Kim Fox, it's public. We saw it. It's, do you know what, Monroe, after my conversation with Kim Fox, I was taking a walk and it hit me. What Donald Trump did uh, with the election and his attempt to overturn the election and take a victory that Joe Biden won and turn it into a victory for Donald Trump, an attempted coup, was like Columbo. Follow me on this. In Columbo, one of my favorite shows from the 70s, we saw the crime. We would see the crime in the opening scenes. And yeah. then the whole story was, would Columbo, the great detective, figure out who the criminal was and force that criminal to face justice? So yeah. what we were watching in Atlanta, we saw the crime. Donnie Trump went on. He had the phone conversation where he said, right. get rid of the votes. Right. We saw the crime. OK, right. So now finally, uh, she didn't have to figure out anything except how to how to convince us that what we saw. Who who are we going to believe? Uh, Trump are lying eyes. Yes. <laughs> I I always think it's Richard Pryor who said that, and then I was like, yeah. oh, Ben, it's not right. Uh, and and so she's assembled the case. I give her credit for that. So MAGA realizing that they're going to get clobbered, and that Donald Trump cannot pardon himself because it's a state case. And Monroe's been predicting this for a while. Will probably end up in prison for attempting to steal an election. Well, Okay, I, 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 I'm going to back off of prison. He's going to be under house arrest. Okay, house arrest. mar a lago yeah. Okay, they, yeah and, unless, and, 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 unless he just, you know, we'll see, but that's probably what's going to happen. So what they do uh, is, thanks to divorce proceedings between uh, Nathan Wade, uh, who's Fonnie Wells' uh, appointed prosecutor in this case, and his wife, uh, try to cook up a case that there's some kind of conflict of interest because Fonnie Willis was having an affair uh, with Nathan Wade. It's absolutely preposterous. There's no conflict of interest. It's an office romance. Uh, there are thousands of them going on all the time. Right. Uh, to get America to think that there's something wrong there. 
requires, well, it requires 45% of the population to be robots to MAGO. Check that off. Uh, and then the rest of the public has to just, just got to convince a few of what Rahm Emanuel and David Axelrod swing voters uh, in suburban Milwaukee, and you're in, baby. And that's what I'm watching this this manipulation. Monroe is like blowing my mind. Are they going to get away with this? Like 10, you talk about Mayor Daly controlling the Chicago press corps. This is beyond that. And this is like brainwashing on a massive scale. And can we know It's it's titillating. You know, it's titillating. We are now in a culture where uh, soap operas and sex scenes and I mean the stuff that goes to our our basis nature is in vogue and so you know uh, when Michelle Obama talked about we go high when they go low well maybe she and Barack go high but everybody else is digging in the ditches (laughs) wallowing in the dirt so they what they did was they Trump I mean, he's good at going to to um, the lowest common denominator he can to make his point. And so, unfortunately, uh, Fani let the um, nature get to her. And she had campaigned. The thing is, the other problem she had, she campaigned, she literally said she she wouldn't have an affair with somebody when she was in the office. Because the person who she beat in the election had been involved in some scandalous sex affair. And so she said, I I won't be doing that. And then lo and behold, (laughs) she was. So do you subscribe? Or or as my mother used to say, what happens in the dark must come to the light. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, His advice. I, I did not know. Uh, I somehow or other missed that promise. Uh, that was probably something on MSNBC, and as everybody knows, Monroe watches it, so I don't have to. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so I, I was unaware of that uh, campaign pledge, which is a, quite an unusual campaign pledge. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm absorbing that. Like, why is that of interest to anybody? I don't know right. why any Congress would make that pledge. R- right. You know, right. What, what difference is it to you what I do in the dark? Uh, right. Uh, um, you know, it's like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Like what? Right. It's right. not true. You can't commit commit a murder in Vegas, and it's, <laughs> they're not going to investigate it. Actually, I stole that joke from Norm Macdonald. Uh, but uh, I I believe uh, you're right. Uh, the titillating nature of it all uh, it draws people in far more than like the details of how Donald Trump was trying to coerce uh, Georgia election officials. Uh, into giving him the election because so, we know he was doing that. I mean, because it was there, yeah, we uh, saw it and played or whatever. We knew, so okay, uh, boring, boring. What else is going? Oh, they were <laughs> they were knocking boots, <laughs> going on vacation. Uh, I now That's interesting. <laughs> are you interested by it? Let me ask you this: Just yeah. be honest, you're not. Yeah. No. Are you interested by the titillating? No. I mean, I, it, you know, it, 
if I knew the knew her personally, mm-hmm. and I yeah. knew him personally, then of course I'd be interested. Whoa, yeah. I didn't know that. And you know, I always thought she was above the 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 frail, whatever you know. But since I only know that she has a very important job to do, that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, if obviously if we knew him, you'd call me up and go, Ben, you won't believe this. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> Guess who's doing who? Because you know? <laughs> that's human nature, of course. Yes. And that's as cool. journalists, uh, and, 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 uh, the fact is that we barter in gossip. I mean, that's part of the profession. It's like, whoa. That is true. That's it. And and people gobble it up. So right. yeah, I understand. I'm not right. above you, America. Okay. I am not above you. Uh, that said, I'm not going to have her bounce from the case because she was having an affair. All right. So stop it, MAGA. And I hope that judge in Georgia doesn't fall for this uh, because that would be uh, preposterous that Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, he's not because who, who knows? He, he may have a chick on the side who has a cell phone. We know, you know. Oh, my God. Remember that, Monroe? Remember when Clinton? Oh, oh my God. Right. When the Republicans were coming after Clinton for his affair with Monica Lewinsky. uh, And then it started off, I think, Gingrich had to step down because he had uh, an affair. Right. Let's see if I could do that. Livingston was brought in. I can't believe I remember this. To replace Gingrich, this congressman from New Orleans or Louisiana, uh, he had to step down. And then they brought in, oh, boy, uh, Hastert. And then Johnny Hastert. Who who, who had a dude on the side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, God damn. Oh, Republicans are so shameless. Right. Uh, Exactly. No. So so that's, that's why... Kennedy, because he had all these affairs, and it didn't even get reported back then because World, yeah. uh, everybody had a gentleman's agreement, and it was mostly men in the media back then. And yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, who's not doing that? Or if you're not doing it, you'd love to do it. Yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, my God, I go on and on. Uh, when Clarence Thomas uh, had his hearing in 1991, uh, and it turned out that there's accusations that, uh, that he uh, really enjoyed uh, pornography. Right. Uh, remember the, like the Republicans were gassed. How dare you say this, you know, uh, about this. <laughs> I'm like, did you realize? And, what he, the- was, and, and he was also corny and a square, you know, is, is that pubic hair on my coke? <laughs> you have to refer back and give the details. All right. So I got to ask you about this one piece of advice. I talked about this yesterday with Kim Fox and your thoughts on this. Uh, Again, you know, for me, all my uh, uh, ranting and railing about this, I did. I was obsessed with it. I followed very closely the testimony, and I particularly appreciated the testimony of Fannie Willis's father, who himself is a lawyer and was a former Black Panther. Interesting guy in his own right. Love to have him come on the show. Hey, if you're listening, please, uh, I'll reach out to you. Uh, but they were talking about the fact that Fannie Willis paid for um, – maybe the fancy meals, et cetera, and so forth with cash. Uh, And she said, this is a lesson I learned from my father. My father always told me uh, to have cash on hand uh, because you never know when you're going to need cash. So I always have some cash on hand. That's why there's no like 
receipts from a credit card company. And then the father came on and testified that, yes, that's a daughter. That's act, uh, that's advice he gave his daughter. And he goes, it's a black thing. So Monroe, is, yes. is this advice you've given uh, to youngsters? Always have cash available. Is this advice that someone ever gave you? Always have cash available? Uh, no, but I know people who believed in that. Um, and in testimony, the father said that he had advised her to always have six months worth, which seemed like a lot to me. But my, my approach, because I'm a different generation than he was, slightly different. I mean, he's just, and I'm not from the South, but my, as a journalist, my approach was to always have six months worth of money somewhere in the bank or somewhere in case I got fired <laughs> so, so so that I could, I'd be fine for at least that amount of time. So I had my own money measurement and, and approach to it, but you always have to be prepared for yeah. the worst to happen. And, and that's, that's what I have taught my son is to make sure you save enough money to where if you need to go without a job, you can at least last six months. Yeah, that but is. It, that but is, I, I don't believe in under the mattress. I, uh, I believe I, in letting your money make money for you. That that advice is classic father uh, to child advice, and, and and I don't even think it's limited to race by any means. Yeah, yeah. Any me, it's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. That is classic father, father looking out for son or father looking out for daughter advice. Like, look. You can't trust these people. They can fire right. you tomorrow. Right. Uh, and particularly if you're in trouble at all. That's a miracle in so many ways. But that's whatever. I guess they just decided to ignore you. Um, but, no, that's great. I mean, I've been fired. You know it. You know what I'm saying, Monroe? You get fired. Yeah. You better have some money, you know. Yeah. So uh, the, the thing about the cash. I know guys. I don't know if you knew guys like this, Monroe. Like, like we're very proud of the fact they had a lot of cash. Did you know guys like that? Like they would, like they would never pay for anything with a credit card. They would pull out. Like they would have a wad. Oh, a lot of oh times yeah, so a money clip. Yeah, they'd yeah. have a money clip. Yeah, you know that was partially. I mean that that was part of that philosophy with that, but also the way to sh to flash how successful you were. That you had all this money that you could carry walking around. <laughs> of course, there was also the honey Hollywood Road. You're familiar with that, right? What's that? A, uh, you had a Hollywood Road where it was um, a, a $50 bill or something on the outside and a bunch of singles on the inside. <laughs> so, wow. so people would just automatically assume right. that, yeah. that you had all, all, all this money. You know, it made you look a lot richer yeah. than you actually are. Trump, Trump has a property approach to that sometimes. What do you mean? Uh, making his properties a lot more valuable. Oh my God. Making people out. You know, yeah. like he added 30,000, uh, 3,000 um, feet to his apartment. Wow. No, yeah. no 30,000. Sorry, three times the size. That's yes. what it was. 30,000. And, and, and the price, I mean, he, he was pricing his properties like four or five times more than the most expensive property in the country. Oh, man. 
was 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 selling for, and he was saying, "Oh, this is worth this or that." Except when it got to be tax time, they were, "Oh my lord, this this little piece of property." <laughs> you know? So, uh, <laughs> we we will close with this. Uh, I see we're running out of time. We don't have time to take the deep dive on Tucker going to Putin and Russia. We'll do that next week. That's not yeah. going over, ladies and gentlemen. That is that 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 display. Uh, but yeah, no, he's going to be. Putin's bitch next week too. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's right. on to the Putin team, and that's where they're going. Uh, very, very bizarre um, uh, development with MAGA, where MAGA's going. But I just, I just gotta uh, get your thoughts about this, uh, Monroe. I saw this in the paper today, and uh, shout out to listener Frank texting me last night about it. Um, so there is a contested Republican primary uh, for Congress here in Illinois between an incumbent Mike Boss and Darren uh, Bailey. Uh, and Darren Bailey, of course, was the Republican nominee uh, who ran against Pritzker in, uh, good God, it was 2022. I can't believe two years have gone by uh, since that election. And Pritzker mopped the floor with him. Uh, far right wing MAGA lover, uh, Darren Bailey, was too right for Illinois, although he got when I think about him, Monroe, he's still got like 46% of the vote or something like that, which just goes to show you how insane the times are. Anyway, so Bailey had been a state senator. Now he's running against Bost, B-O-S-T, in the Congress as right of Bost. So Bost is a MAGA man to the core, but he, Bailey, is to the right of Bost. Uh, and as such, Trump's endorsement is absolutely essential. If you're going to bring over the cultists, you have to have the cult leader telling you to uh, vote for him. Well, Trump went with Bost. What a cynical move by Trump. Darren Bailey's been kissing Trump's butt uh, for years. I mean, it's not a cynical move. It's man. a Trump move. You know, he yeah. he has uh, no 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 friends. He just has enemies or people who he can use. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. He, 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 you know, he's the, the um, head of the RNC. He's, he's throwing her under the bus. Yeah, Ronald McDonald. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, you're absolutely correct. Very, uh, I guess it's not cynical. I guess it's just Trump. Uh, and, it's Trump, uh, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, it's a it's Trump true. move, period. Trump's attitude is, uh, well, uh, what I have think you done for me lately. <laughs> yeah. Or that Boston probably win and I'll look weak if right. I endorse Bailey. Uh, and so the only chance Bailey has, if Trump comes out strong for him, uh, but since Boss is a puppet too, they're both puppets. Like it's one right. puppet or the other. Uh, right. and, uh, but here's the statement. So get your thoughts. So this is, uh, so Darren Bailey had to issue a statement in response. Here's a statement. Uh, so, okay, this is a statement in response to the fact that Donald Trump, a man whose butt uh, Darren Bailey has been kissing for the last, I don't know what, nine years or whatever, has endorsed Mike Bost. Here you go. Here we go. Uh, Darren Bailey proudly stands with President Trump despite disagreeing with him on this endorsement. We look forward to working with President Trump to champion working families, secure our borders, defend our freedoms, and put America first. No compromises, no apologies. Man, he's still kissing the man's booty. Okay. Right, 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 right. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely, you know, but it's, 
um, the, 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 the reality is what we have developing here, and, and I can say this as the self-declared <laughs> national expert on white people, okay. uh, is a white nationalist, a, a white Christian movement going on where they are trying to, as a religion, and a, a very distorted religion. It's, it's not Christian as it's not uh, Christian as a lot of people who read the Bible would, would uh, re, uh, believe it was. But they have this white Christian movement going on, where they want everybody to have their beliefs. They want they're declaring American as a Christian nation. Although Thomas Jefferson owned the Quran and and, uh, and read it, uh, but anyway, they they're they're trying to go back to America as they imagined it in the 1950s, where you had to say your prayer and the national anthem at the beginning of class, and you had to and if you didn't go to church or Sunday school. And something was wrong with you. That's where they're going with this, and 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 all this gay stuff. They they want to take abortion away. They're figuring out all kind of ways to uh, take abortion away because they want women to be on good on their best behavior. And as we know, women at least had to sneak and have sex until the pill uh, became available in the uh, mid-60s. And then women could do as they please because they didn't have to worry about getting pregnant. Yeah, and, it, and, and it's all lip service, ladies and gentlemen, because the leader of this movement, Donald Trump, did not uh, abide by any of these prescriptions. Right, so, right. Uh, you know, he was a libertine uh, to the core. I'm, I have no, I, I just believe that he uh, uh, forced some of his lovers to have abortions when rolled back in the day. I mean, well, yeah, I'll pay, I'll pay them to have abortions. You know, this thing's going to cost you a thousand dollars, and why don't I add a extra yeah. hundred and thirty thousand to it? Well, you know, he paid off. Now that's the next case in New York. Uh, <laughs> Darren Bailey and Mike Boss are going to have to look the other way at. Uh, you know, he paid off uh, Stormy Daniels to be quiet about their little tryst. Uh, their little five-minute uh, affair in a hotel room somewhere. For your right. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, which also it, which also makes this whole um, funny, uh, oh yeah, affair mm -hmm. just ridiculous. You know, and she she was having a thing with her, her guy, and uh, Trump in the meantime was having a thing at, at, at one point with a porn star and a Playboy cinephone. Yeah. And um, they're able to overlook that or his bragging about grabbing women by the loins. Yeah. All, all that stuff is like, well, you know, it's, uh, it's not true or what's the, what's, 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 what, where's the sin in it or something. But then she does this, and they try and make it a major, a criminal case. Yes, they do. 
try to make it a criminal case. And I, I, I have to, I'm just going to have faith in the judge uh, down in Georgia. He's not going to fall for it. Uh, because as Kim Fox pointed no. out yesterday, if, if he does kick uh, Bonnie Willis off, that would really damage the right. Yeah, he, well, he's not going to fall for it. That's, uh, that, that's pretty obvious. But she's also for, up for re-election. And um, Kim Fox personally knows um, how that could go. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I, think, I think the voters would be with her in Fulton County. Uh, that's my sense of it. Uh, all right, let's close with some um, uh, news having to do with, uh, with the great Joyce Owens. That's uh, Monroe's wife. We talked about this last week. Uh, she died about a, a week ago and a great artist, brilliant artist, I would say. Uh, and Monroe, you just uh, told me this before we went on the air, so why don't you uh, talk a little bit about it? Uh, Chicago State uh, is going to honor Joyce. Uh, go ahead. Why don't you give yeah. yeah, Joyce taught at Chicago State. Uh, for more than 20 years. Uh, she, she was commissioned to do a portrait of Gwendolyn Brooks when the library there was named the Gwendolyn Brooks Library. Uh, and anyway, this um, late this year, November or, or December, uh, there's going to be an exhibit there with uh, Joyce and Richard Hunt, who's the uh, the incredibly um, talented and prolific artist. He has more public art uh, sculptures throughout the country than any other artist. He has, I think, maybe a dozen in Chicago alone. Mm-hmm. There, there's um, one near the um, uh, Cultural Center, for example next to it on Washington or yeah, well, it's, it's right next to it, or Randolph. It may be Randolph. And anyway, the two of them are going to, going to be, Richard um, passed a, a, a few months ago, a couple of months ago or something. So the two of them are going to be recognized in an art show there. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Richard Hunt, um, Man, when Richard Hunt died, that was like the, that was chronicled throughout the country, New York Times, Washington Post, et cetera, and so forth. Great uh, sculptor, right? Uh, the studio was in Lincoln Park, as I as I recall, Monroe. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was far, old... We had dinner this weekend, just down the corner from where we had dinner. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, across basically across. Yeah, right. And right. that used to be a CTA. Uh, bus barn or something it, it, it the, the the building was where they did work on buses yeah so it has a big crane in it that's that's how he could do a sculptures there but see that's the thing about joyce all these years i knew her she's very uh was very um modest in many ways so like i didn't like know she was friends and peers with richard hunt and people like that but she was she, yeah she, made a big deal about it yeah uh, in fact rich richard told her that she could do sculpture because she was just at, at the time she was just a well not just but she, she was a painter she right. did um canvases and what have you and she told richard how how envious she was of him that he was doing sculpture 
And he says, well, why don't you do sculpture? He said, she said just do it. And uh, so she started doing these uh, three-dimensional sculptures out of wood where the design is incredible, and then she would paint them. So she combined her painting with her um, eye for form. And she had to, um, Eddie Glaude of, of uh, Princeton fame and MSNBC regular has one of her sculptures, or her mask that she does. Um, it, he, he, he bought it, he just saw it and wanted it. So that'd be awesome. We'll give you more details about that uh, as Monroe finds out about him. But uh, that's something else. Joyce Owens and Richard Hunt, two of the greats uh, of the Chicago Art Pro. All right, Monroe, that's uh, we run out of time. So I'll let you get back to your day. Thank you very much. And I'll talk to you next Wednesday. All right. And uh, Mayor Johnson, uh, if you need if you need Monroe's number, just give me a call. I'll pass it on. Uh, and uh, Delmarie Cobb as well. All right. Also, want to thank producer Chris. He does a great job. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can stay in the know on all things Chicago and all things Ben Jarofsky at chicagoreader.com. If you want to follow Ben on Instagram, well, that's easy. It's at Benny J Show. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow the Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. <laughs>